from Comcast, and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. And I'd like to welcome you to One Month to Better Third-Party Management. This month, my monthly series is sponsored by Opus. Opus helps you to free your business from the complexity and uncertainties of managing risks associated with your customers, vendors, and third parties. By combining the most innovative third-party risk management and Know Your Customer Compliance SAAS platforms with unparalleled data solutions, Opus turns information into action so that you can, so your business can thrive. Learn more about Opus at www.opus.com. This month, I'm going to take a deep dive into third-party risk management. I'm going to consider what you need to do to take a look at third parties, the due diligence you need to engage in, how you should evaluate that due diligence, what contract terms and conditions should be a part of your due diligence going forward, and how you should manage that relationship after the contract is signed. I think you'll find this an extraordinarily interesting and important series because, as all compliance practitioners know, third parties are your highest risk under anti-corruption laws such as the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act or the UK Bribery Act. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to One Month to Better Third-Party Management. Day 7, Compliance Terms and Conditions, a.k.a. the contract. The Justice Department Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Program states in Prong 10, under appropriate controls, the following questions. What was the business rationale for the use of the third party in question? What mechanisms existed to ensure that contract terms specifically described the services to be performed, <clears throat> that the payment terms were appropriate, that the described contractual work is performed, that the compensation is commensurate with services rendered? You should incorporate compliance terms and conditions into your contract with third parties. You must have appropriate compliance terms and conditions in every contract with third parties. I would suggest that you prepare a template which you can use as a starting point for your negotiations. The advantages of such a template are several, including the contract language is tested against real events, the contract language assists the company in managing its compliance risks, the contract falls into a series of related contracts, the contract language <clears throat> is straightforward to administer, and finally the contract language helps to manage the expectations of both the contracting parties of both contracting parties regarding anti-bribery and anti-corruption. What are the compliance terms and conditions that you should include in your commercial contracts? Well, we've seen several uh, different types of information come out from the Department of Justice. So, for instance, in the panel PINA deferred prosecution agreement, it's found the following. Where necessary and appropriate, panel PINA will include standard provisions in its agreements, contracts, and renewals thereof with all agents and business partners that are reasonably calculated to prevent violations of anti-corruption laws, which may, depending on the circumstances, include anti-corruption representations and undertaking relating to your compliance with anti-corruption laws, right to conduct audits of books and records of the agent or business partner to ensure compliance with the foregoing, and rights to terminate an agent or business partner as a result of a breach of anti-corruption laws. In Johnson & Johnson, the same language which used and it also had uh, the following language in its deferred prosecution agreement, <clears throat> which says, contracts with such third parties are to include appropriate FCPA compliance terms and conditions, including represent representatives and undertakings of the third party to compliance, right to audit, and right to terminate. Another consideration could be some or more of the following. 
that payment mechanisms comply with not only the FCPA, but the UK Bribery Act. The third party maintain accurate books and records in compliance <coughs> with your requirements. The third party certify on an annual basis that it has not made or offered or promised to pay any gifts in violation of the FCPA or UK Bribery Act. In addition to the right to terminate, uh, you should have a full panoply of remedies in your contract terms and conditions. Contract terms and conditions should be stated directly in the document, whether that be an agency agreement, consulting agreement, or even a joint venture agreement. The compliance terms and conditions should include representations <clears throat> that in all undertakings, the third party will make no payment of money or anything of value, nor will such be offered or promised to pay to any foreign government officials or anyone else <clears throat> covered by the FCPA. In addition to the three basic uh, contractual uh, clauses suggested by the Department of Justice, I would like to add some others for your consideration. Now, some of these may be more robust. Nevertheless, um, there'd be a great starting point for you and could certainly help you in negotiations going forward. So indemnification. Full indemnification for any FCPA violation, including all costs for the underlying investigation. Cooperation. <clears throat> the third party will fully cooperate with any ethics and compliance investigation, including specifically the review of uh, emails and bank accounts relating to your company's use of this third party. Material breach of contract, and it's key that it be a material breach of contract. Any FCPA violation has made a material breach of contract so that the contract can be terminated with no notice and opportunity to cure. Further, such a finding would be the grounds for the immediate cessation of all payments. <clears throat> no sub-vendors without approval. The third party must agree that they will not hire an agent, subcontractor, or consultant without your prior approval, obviously based on adequate due diligence. I've talked at length about audit rights, uh, but that's something that uh, you absolutely have to have now. And I will also add, parenthetically, you have to exercise those audit rights. Acknowledgement. The, foreign uh, the third party should specifically acknowledge the applicability uh, to the, of the FCPA to it and to the business relationship and any other business relationships uh, it might have on your behalf. Ongoing training. Require the top management of the third party and all persons performing services on your behalf receive compliance training. Annual certification. Require that annual certification, require annual certification stating that the third party is not engaged in any conduct which violates the FCPA or any applicable laws. And then requalification. Require that the foreign bus uh, business partner or third party requalify as a business partner at regular intervals of no greater than every three years, but really every two years. While you may think it's difficult to get these terms and conditions, my experience has been that these are just contract terms and conditions, and it's a contract negotiation. It's relatively simple and straightforward, I think, to get a third party to agree to these or similar terms and conditions. Certainly, you could take one approach. That they're simply not negotiable. The U.S. government said you have to have them in your contracts, and you require them. When fa faced with such a position on non-commercial terms, many third parties will not fight such a position. Of course, you should, you should and do have some flexibility, <clears throat> but the Department of Justice will require 
The minimum terms and conditions it is suggested in various attachment C's to deferred prosecution agreements I've talked about in this podcast. The best position that I've found is that if a third party agrees with these terms and conditions in your contract, they can use that as a market differentiator for other third parties who have not gone through a full life cycle of third-party risk management as we have discussed in this series of podcasts. So what are the three key takeaways for today? Well, first of all, there are minimum contract terms and conditions set out by the DOJ in enforcement actions. Those three minimum are that there be representations and undertakings by the third party, right to conduct audits, and right to termination. Question, or excuse me, number two. However, beyond these, there are several other clauses that uh, I've suggested that are equally valuable, if not equally important, and you should try to get all of these clauses. And number three, negotiations. I started off this podcast by talking about preparing a template, and I would end by also advocating the template. And I advocate that template because if it's your standard terms and conditions, it appears with the first draft of every contract. You can tell your business people these are not compensation terms, therefore they're not negotiable, and they have to be a part of the contract, and that will end it in many situations. It also may be that you can have your business people or your contract negotiator explain that this will make the counterparty a uh, give them a market differentiator and make them stand out. So have a contract template, put these compliance terms and conditions into the contract, either as an exhibit or directly into the contract, and then present this as a take it or leave it, and I think in many situations you'll find that they will take it. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day seven of one month of third-party risk management, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day eight. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Third-Party Management. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it will help our rankings and help us get the words out on this most unique podcast series in compliance. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to today, and I hope you will listen tomorrow on another episode of One Month to a Better Third-Party Management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.